It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to monday.com. This edition of How to Be a CEO is brought to you by the AXA Startup Angel Competition. I'm Sharmadine Reed, founder and CEO of The Stack World, and I'm here to help you turn your business dream into reality. There are six chances to win the competition, including two top prizes of £25,000, mentoring from myself and leading UK founders, plus business insurance for a year, thanks to AXA. Go to standard.co.uk forward slash AXA Startup Angel for details on how to enter and complete your entry by the 2nd of June, 2024. Good luck. ES Audio. Every startup has an origin story. Fischl Marius is pretty dramatic. It began when he was just nine years old and was attacked by four men who held a knife to his neck in a raid on his father's cash and carry store. I was cleaning dad's car outside of the cash and carry and that's when the, the criminals came in. Unfortunately, I was locked out of the cash and carry and then my parents realised that Vish is not in there and he's outside. That traumatic moment sparked an interesting crime that took him into data analytics and eventually the founding of Quintexa, a tech firm that's been used by major banks and international police to find the bad guys, rooting out fraud, money laundering and more. He's built a company recently valued at $1.8 billion in just seven years. The day I knew this is going to work was the day I went into production with HSBC Bank. I was up against some of the largest tech companies on the planet. We were probably, as a whole company, were probably about 40 to 50 people. But the bit I, I said this is now going to work yeah. is when we found out who we were up against who couldn't do it. I'm David Marsden from the Evening Standard. This is a really wide-ranging conversation about technology, the advance of AI, the protection and use of data. And there's a few lessons on how to build a unicorn, if that's what you're interested in. But when we meet at Quantex's HQ in London, just after they just signed a more than $100 million funding round, I want to know how it all began. I think I've always been quite interested when it comes down to looking at patterns of behavior. Even from, you know, a young boy working in my dad's cash and carry, I used to look at patterns of behavior a lot. If that's customers coming in and what they would purchase to, you know, when actually crime happened against us at the cash and carry. So when I was um, about nine years old, I was uh, held up by four guys um, with a knife to my neck. So I think looking at patterns of behavior and understanding how people operate was quite an interesting thing. And growing up, going to school and then working after school at a very young age, uh, I think um, seeing things and th- seeing things that were happening was something that I saw a lot. So um, that took yeah. a turn. I wasn't expecting it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that kind of experience must have been deeply traumatic for a nine year old. Is that kind of where, you know, I'm going to dedicate if, if, if that's not overstating thing, I'm going to dedicate my life to, to, to working in crime? With working the, against crime, I should yeah, probably yeah, well, yeah, say. You're working with the crime. Yeah, absolutely, David. Yeah, no. Um, so, no, look, I think, look, I think any type of event like that 
could be uh, traumatic, especially at a young age. But um, for me, I think it made me even stronger to you know, be successful in my career, but more importantly, to dedicate what I do in my career to a purpose. And my purpose is to create a much better world than I still I came into and if that if I can help um, by creating smart technology and work with great clients in you know better understanding customer behavior to identify aspects of financial crime then that's fantastic is that why you set up this company because you were originally working with I think it was EY correct yeah I started Quantexa because I saw an absolute need I saw a problem with organizations trying to make better decisions in identifying, is this customer a good customer or a high-risk customer? Mm-hmm. Uh, so you're absolutely right, Dave. So before starting Quantexa, I was at EY. I was an executive director at EY. I uh, was based here in the UK. And I, and I had a fantastic time um, at EY. I really enjoyed uh, the work, the exposure, the people. And it was whilst I was at EY where I was seconded to some major financial institutions, some very large uh, financial institutions who were under regulatory scrutiny, uh, trying to understand financial crime. And what I saw firsthand was that people were trying to identify good customer versus bad customer by manually stitching data together. So if you imagine a bank, they will have customer data about you, they will have product data about you, they have transactions and payments. And so if you look at some of the larger banks, they will have 60, 70 million customers worldwide. They will have transactions, you know, they could be moving, you know, $3 trillion a day, right? So you're looking at high volume of data. Now, in all of that data, there's going to be high risk. How do you identify high risk when you're moving $3 trillion a day? It's hard. <laughs> I was about to say, yeah, I actually don't know. <laughs> it's hard. So what you need to do, you need to create a capability where you can scale. Because scale is a key one because you're looking at large scale of data. But being able to find those needles in the haystack. And so my approach was if I can stitch that data up front, internal and external to the organization, and then apply the best of machine learning and AI on top of that stitch view of data, you will be more effective. So with a, a brave hand on my heart and with a very, very deep conversation with my wife, we didn't have kids then, um, so it was just the two of us, I resigned from the firm, uh, worked my six months notice and started contact with that mission to stitch data, to unify data, then apply machine learning to empower people to make better trusted decisions. What I'm interested in with what you've been saying there is, is why take the entrepreneurial route? Why couldn't you have done this inside a big company like EY where the clients are already there, the funding's already there, you don't have to bet the house. I don't know if you did or not. But, yeah. Not too far away from betting the house, but I did I did really massively tap into all of my savings. No, look, I think the, the, the answer was, um, the answer's quite simple on that one. So if you look at EY or any consulting firm, right? Great firms, great access. They're a consulting business. They're a people business. You know, they, they have experts, they have SMEs, they have professionals who solve particular problems, but it's a, they're solving the problem by people. I'm building technology. I'm building capability. So, you know, it's two different types of organizations trying to work together. So it never would have been successful 
in a in in at EY or any firm because you're looking at two operating models that are trying to come together and you know you would always have that bum fight to say am I going to keep this great resource are we going to deploy he or she on a project with a major client now obviously I want to keep that person I might not get revenue today on that person mm -hmm. But in two years' time, I'm going to do a, a large IP deal with a particular client. So you're looking at two models. And it, unless you've got the right leadership around it, that can be quite conflicting on day-to-day -day management. So I had to leave. And, and it, I, I didn't even think about it, to be fair, David, to do it at EY. This was something, fresh piece of paper, mm -hmm. no baggage of tech or ideas, fresh piece of paper. It was us as a founding team with a set of clients to solve their problem and to build that IP. And that's what I did. So um, creating that IP, and obviously you're working a lot in technology, a lot in software, a lot in AI. Was there a point, was there a moment when you thought this works? Okay, we can do this. I think there was many moments where it was like, oh gosh, will this work? <laughs> but we'll park that. Um, the day I knew this is gonna work was the day I went into production with HSBC Bank. So um, we were in a big bid process with HSBC. They were evaluating a number of technology vendors. Quantexo was one of them. Mind you, at that time, we were probably, as a whole company, were probably about 40 to 50 people. And I had bankrolled that company uh, pretty much myself. Now, when HSBC was running this um, RFP, um, request for proposal process, they had to do a proof of concept. So that proof of concept was, we're going to take a number of vendors, deploy their technology on their data, run it through the technology through that data to, to basically test will this work in their environment. Now, as you can imagine, HSBC works in 50 plus markets. They are you know, one of the largest financial institutions on the planet. So if you can make it work for HSBC, you could probably make it work for any type of institution. Yeah. So, the day when HSBC tested the platform on all of their data, so this would have been about 50 billion records of data, 50 with a B, billion records, and we were able to unify the data, build the graph, apply machine learning on top of that data, and HSBC turned around and said, it all works on our customer data. At that point, I knew we, we were onto something quite amazing. But the bit I, I said, this is now gonna work, yeah is when we found out who we were up against who couldn't do it. Oh, that must have been a good feeling. That is definitely <laughs> a good feeling. So I was up against some of the largest tech companies on the planet, yeah. right? If it's in Americas, if it's in Europe, I obviously won't mention the names, but some of the biggest tech companies. And then at the end of the process, when they said, oh, we looked at 20 companies, we then rattled it down to 10 and we took three to the proof of concept stage. And Quantexa, you have won and demonstrated both the functional and non-functional requirements. Mm -hmm. And you've got that usability so our user can actually use the platform and operationalize it. That was the yes moment. And I remember it very clearly. So I was on a flight going from uh, Melbourne back home. So it was Melbourne via uh, Hong Kong to London. And I left Melbourne knowing that the results were coming in, but then I was on a flight. So oh. I left Melbourne. I was waiting for these results. You know, I'm sinking on my phone as the results come in. Have we won? Blah, blah, blah. And then I get on the flight. 
And there is a component, when there's, there's a part in your journey when you're flying over India and there's no Wi-Fi left on the plane. Oh, okay. And for, for whatever reason. And I was on the flight, we're flying over, going out to um, Hong Kong, and then I've lost Wi-Fi, no result. But what came up on my phone was the email header of the result. <laughs> and I kid you not, Dave, and I'm on the, you know, I'm doing the, you know, the, the flick of the phone, right? Is it loading? Is it loading? And, it's not. and all it says is, Results from the POC. Oh. And so this must have been the most painful part of this whole process. The results are there. I've got the email from the sponsor, but I can't open the email. And I tell you something, when I landed in Hong Kong, the first thing I did was check, open the email. And at that point, I remember going into the lounge and having the nicest glass of champagne on my own. Because London had pretty much gone to bed by the time yeah. I landed. So I was on my own. I, I remember taking a, a selfie uh, of me with the glass of champagne to my team back in London. So they know that I've got the email finally. And uh, yeah, it was a great moment. It was a great moment. But that was the moment we, I knew this will work. And this is the moment to take a quick ad break. If this is your first listen to How to Be a CEO, feel free to go back through the catalogue. We've spoken to some incredible names over the last few months, from industry-leading titans to smaller SME founders and all those things in between. And there's more to come, so hit your follow button so you never miss an episode. Why not do it right now? If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus. Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. But just getting yourself into them, I mean, how does a company that's just been started, has no track record, get 
into the office of HSBC in the first place. How do you do that? So I've been looking at data analytics, machine learning before it became cool, right? So I've been looking at data analytics since about 2004, 2005. My degree was in computer science. I got a first class degree in CompSci. My master's was in information security. And so working with data and going into tech was something I've been doing for a very long time. When I graduated, I joined a company called Dedica, which got acquired by BAE Systems, Britshire Systems. And through that journey at Dedica, I was involved in a team that created a product called NetReveal. So I had a lot of exposure through NetReveal, as well as SaaS when I left Dedica to join SaaS, as well as EY with some of the largest firms in the world, including the likes of HSBC. So across that 10, 15 year journey, I had built a pretty outstanding relationship with a set of stakeholders in multiple organizations. And there was a mutual trust you know, because I had worked with them in some of their hardest days yeah. and they had been incredibly generous to me over my career with their wisdom to support my growth as an individual. But it's not just me. You know, I, I, I always come back to my founding team. I have, I'm, you know, one of the best privileges I have at Contexa is that I work with some of the smartest, but also some of the most loyal people yeah. on the planet. You know, the team that I assembled together is a team that I had been working for over a decade in different careers. And some of those people worked for me. Some of those people, I had worked for them. Um, and so, you know, when I became the CEO and founder of Contexa, a lot of the people that actually started joining Contexa was my old boss, my old boss's boss, my old boss's boss's boss. And um, so I, you know, there was that great loyalty between me and the and the team, they obviously had their network and trust within the market. So opening a door like an HSBC and, and you know, many others, there was a trust there that these guys know what they're doing. Yeah. These guys have done it, they've seen it, they have done it, and they are building something which is the next generation. So I think that was huge. And, and I always come back to one thing, people buy from people, yeah. always. Yeah. People work with people and never lose the element of the person. And I think that people trust, we as a founding team, and then the next level, you know, we were up to 50 people in the first year, right, of context, or just, uh, just under 50 people in the first year. They had trust with people. Mm -hmm. um, so that absolutely helped. But nothing takes away from building great tech, right? So I could have the best people, and we might have the best trust, but if the tech sucks, no one's buying it. Yeah. So. Because we had built great tech and we continually test ourselves around building great tech, um, obviously helps a lot. How fast, though, is that tech changing? Is what you pitched five years ago the same as what you're pitching right now? No, look, I think it's definitely evolved. Yeah. It's not been a wholesale change. The hypothesis that I, I came up with in 2015 into 16 still is true today. Yeah. Connect data, you make better decisions, period. So we've evolved in different decision-making. So before it was all about catching the bad guy. Mm. But my platform today is helping organization find the good people, people you want to do more business with, people you want to increase wallet share with. So that's, again, identifying the relationships, connecting the data, but flipping the lens. Yeah, that's an evolution, not just of the tech, but of, 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 of how it's being used. Operationalization. Yeah. How do you operationalize the tech? And again, when, when, when I came up with a hypothesis, it wasn't just about the bad guy. It was the whole journey 
of that life cycle. You know, we've also evolved the tech to come away from financial services. We're used by the public sector. Mm -hmm. um, we have, you know, there's a, a, a recent article of, of our deployment in the Cabinet Office, which came out in January. So, you know, the UK government's also using Quantexa. Um, we also work with large telco providers. So the likes of Vodafone uses Quantexa around building that customer 360 within their enterprise. So we've absolutely evolved the tech. We've also evolved the use cases and we've also evolved the sectors or the industries we deploy that tech. Yeah. But the heart of it is still unifying data in an open architecture to unify that data. How safe is that data? How safe are people, you know, are people giving too much data out? So first and foremost, Contexa doesn't own any data. Mm. So we're a technology provider. We, we have the tech, we have the IP. Second thing, um, we don't take our, customer, uh, our client's data. We, we take the platform to the data. So I never own HSBC's data. Mm. Anything I do with that data in the platform is still owned by HSBC is never owned by Quantexa. Obviously, HSBC uses the Quantexa platform. Vodafone uses the Quantexa platform. But we don't own their data. We don't share the data. So the, uh, the data at HSBC stays with HSBC, but the data uh, we de uh, when Quantexa is deployed at Standard Chartered Bank, the platform stays a standard chart, but we don't share that back with HSBC. Okay, so if someone's working with both HSBC and standard charter, that connection isn't going to be there? You will never share the data. Yeah. You never share, for, from a data protection perspective, you never share the data. The, the platform goes to the data and it stays in their environment. So the security is actually the bank's security of their environments because they're not sending me the data, it's staying in their environment. Now, your point about, um, is it too much data? I'll kind of flip the, um, the question. How much data or how much data should we have access to to stop and prevent human trafficking or sex trafficking or wildlife crime? How much data should we have access to? If you really want to stop mm. a young child being exploited from Europe to the United Kingdom and then being sold off, how much data should I have access to to stop that crime? So it's not about too much data or too little data, stop the crime. Yeah. So again, coming back to the purpose, and again, coming back to um, you know, why I created Quantex, so you have to unify data to prevent crime. And if you're looking at things like stopping human trafficking, frankly, give me as much data as you can, because that's just bad for society. That's just wrong in society. So. I would flip the exam question saying, how much should you have access to, Vish, to go and stop that crime? Can you stop that crime? So our platform has been deployed by a number of organisations where we know that they have taken alerts or insights mm -hmm. from our platform and have worked with local law enforcement to prevent crime. Now, we never get involved in the investigation. We're, again, we're a technology company. So I know there are cases where an organisation has taken an insight from Contexa after we've unified the data and applied the analytics and have then worked with law enforcement to close criminal gangs down. Yeah. Now, obviously, I can't know, and I don't want to know those criminal <laughs> gangs and I don't want to know what they've done with and how they've engaged. But I know that lead or that insight yeah. came from my platform. 
And that's fantastic. That's fantastic. We were able to sift through all of this data, you know, 50 million customers, 100 million customers, 20 million customers, 5 million customers of data, plus billions records of transactions to find that needle. Wow. So someone can go and make an action. Could you have stopped nine-year-old being attacked in the cash and carry? Do you think you could have done that? Well, that's quite a deep question. Um, so there's certain crime that if there's no data, you couldn't prevent it from a technology. If there's no data, I can't do anything with it, yeah. right? So I need data to run with. Could I have stopped the incident that happened when I was a young fella using tech? Probably not. There was no day today. I was a, a, a young school kid, finished school at 3.30, got to the cash and carry at quarter to four. And unfortunately, I was cleaning dad's car outside of the cash and carry. And that's when the, the criminals came in. Unfortunately, I was locked out of the cash and carry. And then my parents realized that Vish is not in there and he's outside. And that's when my, my, my father came to my rescue. But um, there was no data there. Yeah, but there are things, organized crime. That's the sort of thing that you can work on. And did you see that originally when you thought, I'm going to set up this company, I'm going to connect all these data pieces together? Were you thinking of that? Or were you just thinking about financial companies? You're thinking, do you know what? We could move into all kinds of different areas. It was definitely the latter. Yes, background in compliance, risk, financial crime. We were going to start the business in that lens, for sure. However, that wasn't my only um, step. Um, when I started Contexa, um, it was a multi-multi strategy. So multi-application, mm -hmm. multi-industry. So the applications are financial crime, fraud, KYC, customer intelligence, and so on. And the multi-sector was financial services, um, government or public sector, telco. But it was much broader than just finding the bad guy. And then has it risen... Because the, the, the speed of success is quite impressive. Did, was that expect? Did your data tell you that? <laughs> Could you predict, yo, I'm going to be getting, you know, funding rounds of, of more than $100 million? Yeah, look, I mean, if you said to me in 2016, Vish, you're going to start up Contexa, and in seven years' time, you're going to have over 12,000 users on the platform, you're gonna be over 600 people, hitting 100 million in revenue. Your company will be worth, you know, child for billion dollars. Mm. I would have gone, yeah, whatever. <laughs> I knew we'll be successful. Um, I, you know, the foundations I started Contexa with, this company was gonna be successful. But I think I would be lying if I said when I started Q, that it would have been as successful as it's been. But there's so much more to do. You know, there's so much. I mean, we had, we celebrated our QuanCon, our Context of Connect. Um, it's our uh, annual uh, customer and partner uh, conference. And, you know, just um, sitting there. Um, so I, I opened and then, then I sat down and my team uh, and my guest speakers were on the podium and just sitting there and just taking it in. It was pretty amazing. You know, we had some great clients. We had um, uh, clients from Citibank, from Vodafone, uh, UK government, Prudential, Moody's, all present. And uh, it was fantastic just listening to some of the biggest names, biggest companies.
on the planet talk about their use of Contexa. Yeah. And it's humbling listening to that. But when I finished and that the, 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 the presentation finished and I closed off the session, you know, it was almost like, okay, what's the next one now? What, what, what? Literally, the first thing I said to my CMO, how are we going to make next year better than this year? <laughs> and it was like Matt Hooper, who's my uh, chief marketing officer and fantastic guy and sits on my leadership team. He went, all right, Vish, can we just uh, celebrate tonight? And then we'll talk about 2024. That was Vishal Maria, founder and CEO of Quantexa. For more interviews, news and analysis, go to standard.co.uk forward slash business or pick up the Evening Standard newspaper. How to be a CEO is back next Monday. We'd love to see you then. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.